On Wednesday, November 9, 2022, the Supreme Court heard arguments in the case Holland v. Brackeen, which will determine the fate of the Indian Child Welfare Act, or ICWA. According to NPR, this is a policy that enacts minimum federal standards for removing Native children from their families and requires state courts to notify tribes when a Native American child is being removed outside of a reservation. This policy's framework requires first preference to be given to a member of the child's extended family, then to other tribe members, and if neither of those options pan out, then a home with a different tribal family. The case made its way up to the Supreme Court after the state of Texas and several families who are adopting Native American children, including that of Jennifer and Chad Brackeen, challenged the law in court. The Brackeens had adopted a boy with the agreement of the tribe, and when the same biological mother had another child who entered the foster system, the Brackeens got her transferred to their home. Now, they're trying to adopt her against the objections of the tribe and the child's great-aunt. The suit argues that the Indian Child Welfare Act and its framework for foster and adoption placements amounts to an, quote, unconstitutional racial preference, end quote, and also says that the federal law intrudes on state autonomy. I talked to award-winning journalist and ProPublica contributor Kathleen Sharp, who's previously written about the history of the United States government separating Indigenous children from their families, for more insight onto why the ICWA being challenged is so significant. Holland v. Brackeen is currently being deliberated, and as you know, it concerns non-Native families who attempted to foster or adopt Native children, and these families are challenging the Indian Child Welfare Act because of their experiences trying to do so. Uh, why is this challenge of ICWA such a big deal, and what are the possible reverberations of the act being overturned? It's a big deal because... Uh... The Indian Child Welfare Act was passed in 1978 in response to really compelling evidence of the high number of Indian Native American children who were being removed from their families by adoption agencies. Um, something like a third of children were being removed and most of them were being placed in non-Native families. And um, that's super harmful. You know, I know some court justices may look at the history of um, the government separating Native Americans from their families. And, uh, you know, you'd have to look at 1870s when the U.S. government forcibly um, sort of loaded children onto trains that were bound for Carlisle Indian School in Pennsylvania which was thousands and thousands of miles away from their home. And the army did this because the army wanted the Black Hills and Lagoda. They wanted the gold that came with it. Um, they did it with the Hopi, with the Aleutic and other tribes because they wanted land. But this kinder transport was not a rescue operation like it was in Nazi Germany in 1930s, but really a hell ride that took children as young as five uh, to a life of uh, manual labor, malnutrition, and often death. And it tore apart their families. And it's something that, you know, almost, what, 150 years later, um, uh, the country and Native American families are still, they're still dealing with it. Currently, the Biden administration, in line with the stance of past administrations of both parties, is defending the law citing precedents back in history. 
The government says that the ICWA draws classifications based on connections to tribal groups rather than race. Under the Constitution, those tribal groups are separate sovereign nations. Kathleen Sharp went on to describe the cultural impact of a Native child being placed in a non-Native home. Well, what, what this does is when you separate, I mean, if you can imagine being five years old and being separated from your mother and father, it not only rips your heart, but it um, uh, decimates your religion. You forget your language. Uh, you no longer uh, can be taught the cultural practices or the spiritual practices of your people. And um, when you try and go back home, you're not accepted because you no longer speak that language. And you're certainly no longer accepted really in Yankee society um, because perhaps, um, unfortunately, many places in America remain racist. So you have um, these people who feel out of sorts. Where do they belong? Um, and during you know, the 70s, the 80s, and the last 60 years or so, the Indian Children Welfare Act has sort of sparked a renaissance of Indian culture. Um, you can see this if you go to the Hopi tribe of the reservation in Arizona or to the Aleutic people up in Alaska. There's just this wonderful renaissance of culture, of art, of dance, of songs, of language, and most importantly, of spirituality and their religion. So it's been extremely successful. NPR also writes that those concerned with ICWA being overturned on the grounds argued in the suit see that outcome as a potential opening for, quote, other cases challenging their rights involving land, water, oil, mineral, and highly profitable gaming rights, end quote. In the last portion of the interview, Sharp mentioned how different cultural contexts can have varying social structures and standards of life, and how that should come into play when considering cases of removal. And I think it's so important, too, that non-Native people realize that, uh, you know, we have one standard of life, or we might have many, many different standards, uh, depending on our economic class, but so do Native Americans. So what we might think is being harmful in a home, a Native American family might think is not harmful. They certainly tend to be poorer than uh, most white families, but that does not mean at all that there's any less love or nurturing or support. And that's something I think is important to stress. For now, Holly and V. Brackeen is still pending in the Supreme Court, and the official opinion has yet to be delivered. With KCSB News, I'm Zoha Malik.